the goal is more ease. How do you become more of yourself in the way that's the most satisfying, peaceful, the most, like, ultimately all of the signatures that you're feeling? Do you know anyone who says, no, I'm fine struggling. I'm okay being frustrated all the time. No one says that, right? Like, I'm going to put my hand in the fire here. If someone does say that, I mean, please tell me because I want to know more and I'm very curious to have this conversation. A little bit of struggle is cool, but most of us are working towards having an easeful life. Why else are we saving? Why else are we doing the work that we're doing? It's like ease, pleasure, adventure, all of these beautiful things. The more empowered we are as a, as a human being, the more other people will give themselves permission to empower themselves, right? If we had a world of empowered people, we don't have the problems that we have right now in this day and age. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Morun, and our guest today is Adina Kroll. Adina is an international business and human design coach, author, and sales expert for visionary entrepreneurs and their teams who are ready to scale their business more sustainably and in line with their unique design. So, Prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Adina Kroll to the show. Adina, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today. And your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Adina, over to you. Hi, welcome. And thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, Adina. We can't wait to hear more about your journey. I know you have a fascinating one where, you know, much like a few of us, you're moving from the tech world, from the IT world into more of the spiritual world where you can follow your heart, that you can follow your actual purpose in life. So can you tell us more about your journey and what it started and kind of when you had that aha moment that it's time to move to something else? Oh God, how much time have you got? <laughs> I'm actually going to start very quickly in my school years because I think that that's very, very important to understand for me. I was one of these kids that never knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and I I am a perpetual like if I if I say that something takes three hours it'll take three hours if I say that something takes 10 years it'll take 10 years like that's that's literally me if I don't set a deadline but obviously as a 19 year old you're not very aware that that's how you're working and so my 12 years at school were literally that I was not preparing to go into a job and I was just like oh Christ what do I do and uh, coming from a very traditional German background my parents were like okay you're going to be either you're going to be a lawyer a doctor a policewoman you know the 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 typical stuff and I was just like I don't want to do I don't want to do any of these things because I also don't know what I wanted to be doing and my grades were kind of average like I was good but I had massive exam anxiety so most of the time during the course of the actual lessons I was good but the moment it became it came to exams I was really really shit Oh, sorry. Is how swearing? That's just, fine. <laughs> just checking. And anyway, so then I, then I just didn't know what I wanted to do. But the moment we finished our A levels, which is like high school 
equivalent in Germany, my parents were like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Because my brother, he studied European economics and had all of these great things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just want to be in the band and I want to play video games and I want to just do what I want to do. And then what happened is that my parents were pressuring me, obviously, you know, coming from a very Eastern German background to go and find something to study. So I applied to many things and luckily I didn't get in. And eventually the cutoff date happened. It was October in 2008 and I was just, I didn't have anything planned. And so then I said to my parents, okay, I'm going to go to Costa Rica and learn Spanish. Okay. That's <laughs> how did they take that? That must've been a, a shock. My mom did not talk to me for three days. <laughs> so you kind of have to imagine that I come from like this very small, near tight village. There are like 200 people in the village that I come from. And the next town back in the days had like 40,000. Like it's small, very small. And anyway, so after those three days of utter silence, she came back and she was just like, it's England Island or nothing. And so then eventually I went to the UK because I thought like, okay, well, under the guise of studying another language, at the very least, I can buy myself a little bit of time to figure out what it is that I actually wanted to do. So I became an au pair and fast forward, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took the first job, I became a waitress and eventually I decided or realized, oh crap, 15 hour days is not fun. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed working with people, but it was just, it was like, it broke me. And then I met this, um, met this boss who worked at an IT company and he was just like, your English is really good. And you're German? And I was just like, yes. And he was just like, how would you feel about calling, like doing sales for our client in the German market? And I'm like, sure, Monday to Friday, salary? Yeah, count me in. <laughs> and it sounded like the dream back in the days because you work on the weekends and you work night shifts and all of these things. And that 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 kind of Monday to Friday sounds like, a right? Grass is always yeah, green. Exactly. I'm sure you can relate, right? Absolutely. What then happened is I real I didn't realize what I had let myself into. <laughs> because well, it was part of the journey by the sons of it, right? It's almost like it's guiding you so you can figure it out yourself in the end. <laughs> that's exact but that's exactly it, right? And this is why I thought that it was so I had to start with my school life because the whole theme was always just like I don't actually know what I wanted to do. I don't actually know what I wanted to do. But then you spent a bit of time in, in IT sales, right? It wasn't a short gig. Seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. Seven or eight years. Because, well, you make good money in sales, right? Like you make good money and ultimately you then move from job to job. And I kind of felt like there was nothing else that I could really do because I had no formal qualifications. I've never studied. I've never done an apprenticeship. And so like, what do I do, right? And then it started. This is this is where it all comes together. This is like that unleashed moment that we're talking about. So one of my colleagues in that first job read a book from Tim Ferriss called The 4-Hour Workweek. Have you heard yes. of it? Right? I've read it, yes, yes. You read it. So that was like my first introduction into entrepreneurship. Up until that point, I did not think that someone like me could build their own business. And then I read the first paragraph and he was just like, and I'm sitting in IT sales and I'm sitting in this call set. And I'm like, that's me. I am that person. And I'm like, you're describing me, right? Like, and all of a sudden, like this click, I'm just like, wait, I can, I can do things for myself. 
So that's when the whole journey essentially started. And I spent the entire time of my entire IT career going from various different companies within IT and IT sales and account management and what have you. I've done so many business ideas in that time. Like I've tried so many things from catering to building a copywriting business to being a VA and all of the, like I've tried all of these things and eventually just like nothing is working. Like what do I have to do to be my own boss? And then as I was about to give up, which was sort of like 2017, all of a sudden something was like, no, no, watch this one YouTube video. And I'm like, why YouTube? I'm just like, I was in tears. You know, when you feel, you probably know this, right? Like you feel so hopeless. You're just like, I don't like, I don't know what my purpose is. Is my purpose to spend the rest of my life in a in a job where I have to call like dial for dollars on an Excel sheet and that's the only value I bring to this world. Like, really? Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? When you really think about it. <laughs> no, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And especially because what has happened is I became so good at my job that we were measured on how many cool like what the cool minutes were, what the revenue is that we brought in, and we were measured on the amount of calls that we did. So if all three of them didn't match up, you would have a conversation with your boss. So even though I always brought in the revenue and I was always like, I always overachieved revenue wise, they didn't like that I didn't have enough calls or enough call time. <laughs> and I'm like, well, isn't the result what matters? And they were just like, yeah. that's not what we do in this company. And I'm like, and like I was so frustrated. I was just like, do you hear yourself? They want more, right? Because, like, you know, it makes sense, right? From their point of view, it's like, oh, if you make more calls and you have the same high revenue, you're gonna make more money for us. Yeah, they want they want their pound of flesh, right? And so, anyway, so that just it just felt soul sucking to me. And as I was sort of sitting at home, I'm just like, this cannot be my life. Like, I'm in my early twenties or mid twenties, and I'm just like, this 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 cannot be it. This cannot be the rest of my life. Like, there has to be something. And yeah, as I was sort of like crying in my little early, early life crisis, having a little mini identity breakdown, I just, I watched this YouTube video from Marie Folio and there was this B-School thing. You may or may not have heard about it, but anyway, so that's then how I started learning that coaching is the thing. I'm like, wait, you can coach people. This is what I've done my entire life. I have given people advice my entire life. I have helped them overcome things my entire I didn't know that that was a thing. So that was like the next breaking moment. And that's how it all started, how I got into this career that I am in right now. Oh, wow. That's that's quite a journey, right? Right. So I know it was long, but I thank you for wow. bearing with me. Absolutely. That's a good story and an inspiring one to see what you've come today. So let's talk a bit about when you found human design or when you first heard about it. And kind of what was your take, right? Because coming from, let's say, a, a techie background, did, were you skeptical initially? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done, human design didn't enter into my life until like three years ago when I did a fairly expensive mastermind program with a with a coach and I did everything by the book. Like I did everything that it is that she said I, I should be doing. And she said the same thing. And by the end of the program, she's like, look, I'm doing everything. And she's like, yeah, no, you are doing everything. She's like, have you ever looked at human design? She's like, I don't even know what that is. Because at that point, you've done the Myers-Briggs, the strengths assessment. You've done the, like, you've done all of these things, right? And they're all good. Like, I all enjoy them. But none of them were really, like, 
okay, well, this is really helping. So I looked at it. I did, I put in my information, my birth information and all of these things. And I found out that I'm a projector. So I got back to her and I was just like, well, it says I'm a projector. She was just like, well, yeah, then of course, none of these things would work for you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> why, why was that the case? Why, why would those things not work for a projector in this example? And I know we have to introduce that concept. But I'm just curious why she said that or why you believed her actually. <laughs> It was not so much that I believed her in the beginning. I was just like, I was frustrated because you know, when, when you're really trying and you're doing everything that everyone else is doing, but you're not seeing the same results. Yes. The first, the first thing that you do is very human is to point the fingers back at you. And she's like, well, I must be the problem. I must be the reason I'm not meant to be doing this. I'm the failure. Right. And I'm just like, well, clearly. And so you take certain things for face value in the moment someone presents you with an answer it's just like, well, I guess that must be it. And because I'm a projector means that therefore I can't, right? So I took it, like I was very bitter about it in the beginning. <laughs> no. uh, and I was just like, fine, whatever, baby, I'm not meant to be doing this. And so it'll make a little bit more sense when we actually talk about the types a little bit later. We can, and wait, if you'd like, yeah, we can wait to introduce those and then maybe we'll circle back to this part of the story. So, okay, before we jump into human design, what it is, and talking about the types, one last question I would say. So, you know, you had this moment with the, with the mastermind lady or the masterclass you took. What, what happened next? So how did it take you through to, from going to like, oh, you are a projector to being like, you know what, this is something I should look into further and deeper. And then you had your aha moments of like, you know, this might make sense. It was fairly fast for me. The moment I read the profile of what a projector is, I was just like, this is the first time something describes what I feel like on the inside. And I didn't know there were words for it. Yes, I love that because I can relate so much in, in many aspects. There are so many aha moments for me like that as well. It's like, wow, I've always struggled to put this into words and here it is right in front of me. Like, I mean, what did you feel like when when I give you like a tiny... Tiny glimpse, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it like a really, yeah. really well. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. And I had similar moments with some astrology components. And, you know, I'm, I'm a techie guy as well, right? So I'm very skeptical by nature, but I'm open-minded, right? So if someone feels too good to be just a coincidence, then there might be more to it, right? So then you can, you can do a bit of your own research, right? You don't have to trust, you know, me or you or anyone. Really, just do your own research and see what fits. But anyway, so... Tell us a bit about human design then. How do you see it? How do you explain it to people? And then we'll delve into a bit more of what you do and how you help people. Mm. Oh, I love that. Think of, well, we understand that on a, on a biological basis, everyone has a very different DNA, right? And I, and I like starting with this point for anyone who sort of is a little bit techie, like, like you and I are, like we, th that works quite well for us. So it sets the scene quite nicely. So we understand as human beings that we're all very different on a very genetical level, but what we haven't yet understood as a society, that we are also different on an energetic level. Like we are all very different, right? And the best example I have for this is 
we call it survivorship bias in psychology. It's just like, you know, the 5 a.m. club when it's just like, oh, here's like this one thing I did to get to success, right? It could be the 5 a.m. club, like I wake up at 5 a.m. Or any anytime you read certain things and it's just like, here, here are the top three things this person did yes. to get to success and you can do. It. And it's just like, that's great. But what about all the mums or parents that get up at 5 a.m. too and they're not rich, right? What about all the other people? And that's what we call, and that's like, that's ultimately the whole crux of things. And so what I love about human design is it understands that just because one thing's true for one person does not mean it's true for everyone else in the same capacity. And so think of human design as your energetic map, right? Your energetic DNA, how you are designed to best move through this world, how you are best designed to achieve throw, how you get inspired, how like what your access to willpower is, all of these beautiful things, and also how people relate to you and how you relate to other people. And imagine how powerful it is to have access to that information because all of a sudden you can stop feeling so bloody bad about yourself, right? You can stop thinking, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me because I don't have as much energy or because... I feel weird talking or because I I feel like I'm a bit out of place or because I can't get inspiration on tap like some other people, right? All of a sudden you have like you have a very practical map of who you are on an energetic level and you can actually do something with it. And that's that's something that I've not seen anywhere else. And so that's like my description of what human design is. The official description is, is that it is a self-discovery tool and it includes astrology, the Kabbalah and the I Ching and the chakra system. Thank you, Dina. That's, that's a great explanation. And I mean, to me, it made sense. As soon as we talked the last time briefly and we went into some of this, I'm like, you know what? I mean, I believe in some of these parts, right? Or I, I don't say that I believe, but I've seen them. And they resonate really well with me. And then all of a sudden, things build on each other. And I'm like, well, I mean, there's too much coincidence or synchronicity here for it to be just that. Now let's delve a bit into human design. And I know you talked about the map, right? So the first step is to get a chart, essentially, right? And that kind of tells you the various types you are. So do you want to talk about the types or where would you like to start? We can start with how you can actually get access to the... Yeah, that'll be chart so you can get it for free there's nothing that you have to pay it's not a test that you have to take you simply need your birth data you need to know obviously your birth date time and year you need to know where you've been born and obviously in what time now if you have that information you just put that in and it generates a very difficult looking graph, but you just, in the beginning, you just need the little keynotes at the top, right? And it says what your type is. And then it will say one of five things, which is either you're a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector or a reflector, right? It's, so it will say one of these five things. You can't do anything with that information yet because now it gets time to research. It's a very complex system, but it gets really fun when you start looking into it, right? But it's free. You can look it up. So you can just Google human design chart. And the first thing that should come up is something called Jovian Archive. I can give you the link as well, if you would like that. We can put it in text here and we can probably add a couple of uh, screenshots to the video here for the audience to see what the chart may look like. And like you said, it, it is a bit daunting at first because after you and I had our chat, it was the first time I heard about human design when you reached out to me. Then we had our chat, you introduced me to it. And then me being me, I love to do research and dig deeper. And I went down the rabbit hole. And it does take a bit of time to wrap your head around. 
certain elements. And of course, it gets deeper than that. And that's when you need someone like Adina to come in and truly help you interpret whatever it's it's showing you. But anyway, so let's let's go back to what you're saying. So you go to the website, you get your chart, and then what? So then you can start, so you can do a little bit of selfless study, pretty much like what you're doing. And so there are some key components that are like tip of the iceberg, but that you can research very easily yourself. And that is literally the type. It will say it in the keynote. So when you generate the PDF, it will literally say type, double dots, and then what it is. So you can't really, like, you can't miss it. What you want is the type. You, you, your profile is something that's important, but I don't think we'll get into that today. But anything is Googleable. Like you can Google all of these things. And then also what your strategy is and your authority, right? So in a nutshell, before I get sort of into the types, what human design does, it's it's a, it helps us. How do we as people make decisions, right? So how do we know what is actually correct for us? Because what society has done really, really well is to teach us that we should trust other people more than we should trust ourselves. Which again, right, comes back to the whole thing of like, well, if I'm trusting that this other person knows me better than I do, then yes, I guess I will have to wake up at 5am if we're going with that theme right now, right? It's just like, even, even if it feels like draining, even if I hate every aspect of it, even if it feels like I have to push so hard, right? Like I can't access flow. And maybe maybe you're a night owl, right? So having to then force yourself to wake up at 5am to see some success is like, why would you? Okay. And so what strategy and authorities do, and again, you can research those and they take time. Like once you, once you start this, you're going to practice it on a daily basis anyway. So you can start feeling what it's like for you. So your strategy is how you are best designed to move through life effortlessly. And your authority is your internal decision-making tool, right? So those are like the four things that you want, your type, your profile, your strategy and your authority. And the first thing you start off with is by type, right? So you want to know what your type is. So there are five types and I'll just give a very brief overview. If you are a generator, so if it just says generator, makes up around 33% of the population. I don't have the exact numbers. I'm going by what I have in my head right now. makes up around 33% of the world population. And you're here for mastery. You're really here to like do things and really get down in the thick of it and master what it is that you delight in. Every type also has an emotional theme of when they know whether they're on track or off track. And for a generator, that is frustration. When a generator is off track, like they're super frustrated and they feel like they're pushing so hard against the wall. When they're on track, that's satisfaction. So when there's a deep sense of satisfaction, when there's this deep feeling of flow, that's when you know things are going well. Then we've got the manifesto, which is around 79% of the world population, which is one of the rarest types. Um, They're literally, they're the only type that is as per the Nike advert of just like, just go out and do it. They, They are designed to just go and get things in motion. I'll explain why this works in a minute, which brings me then to sales. So when, when the world says, just go out and make it happen, just make your own success, unleash yourself, right? Technically, energetically, only the manifestors could really, are designed to really not wait and just go out and make things happen, right? Which is interesting. They're really here to sort of start things and, and create new projects. The person who created human design is a manifestor. Their theme of when they're out of alignment is anger. 
So they get really, really angry. And they're seen when they're in alignment as peace. So when they're feeling very peaceful, when they feel like they can just follow their creative flow, that's when things can go really well for them. Then we have the manifesting generators. And I'm just going to very quickly check because I don't remember if you were a manifesting. That's what I am. Manifesting. You were a manager. Yeah, I had to like, I I just wanted to check if you were a manifesting generator or a generator. So you are a manifesting generator. So you're, you're a hybrid of the two. So you are here to master the art of shortcuts, which is like really cool because that's exactly what you're doing, right? <laughs> yes, do do something for sure, right? So you are here for the to master the art of shortcuts and to really like explore what you delight in in many different areas of your life, and then again master the art of shortcuts, find solutions very fast. Your emotional theme, if you're a manifesting generator, is frustration and anger. If you are out of alignment. And is peace and satisfaction when you're in alignment and in flow. Right? That part resonates a hundred percent, right? Like I can definitely see myself in both of those sides. I'm sure as many other people do, but yes, I definitely hundred percent resonates that part. Yeah. I mean, again, this is only like the tip of the iceberg. So once, like it's when not- we went through your chart, you were just like, oh yeah, like it, it, like it's <laughs> yeah. it, it's always the start because you you don't want to like give too much information and overwhelm anyone because that's what I felt like. Then we have the projectors, and the projectors make up around 22% of the world population, so I'm a projector myself, and they're here to be the guides and leaders. Now, let me just say this, because every time people hear this, they're just like, are only projectors meant to lead? No, everyone can lead. We are all everything. Everyone can lead. Everyone can master shortcuts. Everyone can do this, but there are people who have a natural affinity, much like DNA. Some people have an easier time to biologically stay a little bit thinner or stay muscular, right? But that doesn't mean that they can't gain weight or whatever, right? Like we are all everything. So the projectors are here to be the guides and leaders. And typically what it is that they say is that because they're a non-energy being is they can't work more than three to four hours a day. I'd say that's very dependent on the projector and what motors they have defined. Um, and I also don't like things when when they make like a dogmatic statement of like, you can only do this and you can only do that. Yeah, like, I don't like exactly. that. All right. There's because we have free will and sometimes it does feel good to work more. But projectors do tend to tire out a little bit quicker. So they need a lot more rest. They need a lot more play and they love researching things. Right. And they get things done in a lot shorter time so that the rest of the time they can feel a little bit better which is then exactly why we explain why the traditional sales for instance in that mastermind program didn't work for me i'll get to that if you are a projector then your theme for when you're out of alignment is bitterness and when you are in alignment is success right this is something that i heavily related to myself when i heard this because i felt so bitter right i was just like i'm doing everything everyone else is doing just like why why like it i i felt so i was queen of pity parties Right. And if you're a projector, you can really you can relate to this feeling of bitterness because it really is this feeling of like, why, though? Like, what do I have to do to get recognized and get some attention? Everyone else seems to get this. And that's that's what it is for projectors. They're here to be recognized. Then we have the reflectors, which is the rarest type out of all of them with a representation of around one percent in the entire world. And reflectors are sort of here there. You can tell if you're a reflector is none of the shapes that you have in your design, if they're all white, right? So they have no definition whatsoever. And they're here 
to reflect the health of the community back and amplify it, right? So it is very, very helpful to have a reflector around you because they can just sense whether the environment and the community that they're in is actually healthy and then they can guide the community to then make better choices and to then reach new heights and grow. So if you have a reflector in your life, like look after them, they're very precious. The theme for a reflector when they're out of alignment is disappointment and the theme for when they're in alignment is surprise and wonder so a reflector is very easily disappointed with the world because they're just like if they're not in the right environment it feels so disappointing and if they're in the right environment and with the right people and if they're on track then everything just feels like the sense of wonder and curiosity and adventure so those are the types so let me ask you this what if someone doesn't have the time of birth right that's something that i've seen all people you know they know that's place of birth they know the day but of course time is the tricky one how does it impact things that's a very good question so what you can do sometimes it impacts things a lot and sometimes it impacts things very little so what you can do is if you don't know the type of birth obviously if you can find it out great it doesn't have to in my opinion doesn't have to be exact to the minute even if you have it within the same hour that's great If you don't have the exact time of birth, play around with generating, because it's free, play around with generating a few charts throughout the day. So maybe every three hours in that 24-hour period. I've had to do that with a couple of people who didn't know their time of birth. And then what you do is you look at, okay, well, which type might resonate a little bit more for me? You won't be able to go in as much detail as you could, for instance, like if I was looking at your chart or or at my chart, but you can still work with the general theme. And if none of this resonates, then you take what works and you leave what doesn't even in the event that the type is incorrect, because ultimately the whole point of, human design isn't to put another to put another dogma on you and be like this is exactly the like do what feels good if you resonate with being a generator for instance and none of it works then work with what the generator's teachings and at some point if you're just like actually this is not how I work this is not how I'm in alignment then try something else right this is about how do we find flow how do we make decisions and you'll feel intrinsically if some of this is true if that makes sense no, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, working with your clients over the last few years with this, how are you seeing the initial reactions? Because I would imagine if someone reaches out to you, they have at least a basic understanding of human design, or do you find people that maybe have no understanding? Like when I reached out for the podcast, and then you have a mix. It's very mixed. Some people, yeah, yeah. Some people have no understanding about human design whatsoever, but they, but they like the idea. Or they're just very curious, which to be honest, I quite like because ultimately if you have someone who has no idea about human design and they get a reading just because they're curious, because they're just like, okay, fine, I'll just try it. Like that sense of wonder and surprise is just, it's it's so nice to see when people finally feel understood, right? And then the people who do come and they know a little bit about human design, they're very open to exploring this a bit further and a little bit deeper, which is also very nice. Yeah, That's so it's amazing. amazing. It's good. I mean... Remember when you and I had a chat and you you did a quick reading, it was a lot of aha moments. I'm like, well, this resonates too well, right? And there's so many things that line up. It cannot be all coincidence. And I keep going back to that because that's something that I've learned over my journey, especially in the last year, of paying attention to synchronicities and coincidences a lot more that happened in my life because there was something I was ignoring significantly before. 
And I'm not saying that everything, every coincidence or every synchronicity is something that's going to bring value to your life, but at least paying attention and seeing if there's more there, I think it can take you to new heights for sure as an individual. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that you've, you've been open to exploring this further and that you've went down the rabbit hole. So this is something that I see with clients when they actually apply this. And I think talking about strategy is also something that's really cool, even though we can't go too deep into it because it also depends on what's defined in your chart. But something that I see with clients is when they start using their strategy and internal decision-making process based on how they're designed to work, some really, really cool things happen, right? If they take nothing else away from the reading, at the very least, I want them to stop feeling so bad about themselves, right? Because like, who doesn't think there's something wrong with them? Who doesn't think that they're somehow weird in some capacity? But what if you're perfect just the way you are? What a message. I love that. Right? And the- what, if you, what if you are correct just the way you are? Yes. Yes. I like that a lot. And with a strategy, it's essentially... If the way I understand it is how you work as an individual, right? Like how you get to your outcomes, essentially, or the desired outcomes, even. Yeah, yeah. How you get to desired outcomes and how you can move towards them in the most easeful way. Right? Let me take generators or, or manifesting generators as an example, right? Such as yourself, because ultimately they make up the majority of the world population. The strategy is something that we call wait and respond. Now, our world has taught us that waiting is very passive. So anytime anyone who's not a manifesto, they hear that like every type except for the manifesto has to wait in some capacity. So every time we hear the strategy, it's very much like, but I don't want to wait. I want to do it. I want to do things now. (laughs) So very quickly, the strategy for everyone is for generators is way to respond. For manifestors is inform and initiate. When I say inform, I don't mean ask for permission. It's literally just informing. Very important part. Manifesting generators being a hybrid your strategy is to wait and respond, and then you can inform, not ask for permission, and initiate, right? <laughs> so once you've responded correctly. When you are a projector, you wait to be recognized and invited. That's the part that feels really, really hard for projectors. Again, I can tell a few stories about this when it finally clicked for me and for reflectors. It is to wait for up to 28 days for a lunar cycle because they're the only lunar beings in the entire. It's it's very advanced human design, but that's just a strategy. But let's take the wait and respond, for instance, right? What you'll notice in... A lot of in a lot of people who are generator types and manifesting generator types, like you're waiting and responding on a daily basis. You're doing it every day, but you don't know that you're actually doing it, right? So when you start doing it consciously, that shit gets really like you can rinse it and milk it. That's really cool. And waiting and responding is basically if there's something that you want, if there's something that you desire, right? It kind of does a like. I'm going to I'm going to use an example but it's not necessarily that I subscribe to this thing. So if you think of the law of attraction right you think and then it comes but obviously not as passive. Yes. Right? So I don't necessarily like that part of the law of attraction it's just like just think and let it let it come into existence like we we have free will and we have agency over ourselves. So in an ideal world as a generated type such as yourself you would then be like okay well what is the 
using your signature, what is the most peaceful and satisfying outcome for this thing that I want? Right. And I'm, I, I think I talked to you about it. If I haven't, then that because, might, yes. yeah. So what's the, that's your signature. Remember that the theme when, when you know that you're in alignment, is just like peace and satisfaction. Okay. So you look at it and it's just like, what would be the most peaceful and satisfying outcome of, I don't know, this podcast or going a holiday or a relationship that I want, or what would be the most peaceful and satisfying outcome of finding my purpose and unleashing myself. Right. Yes, so you, yes. can, you can apply this to anything for your, well, even your job. I would imagine, right. Like what would make anything make it peaceful in my career. Yeah. Anything. Right. And the important part is not to censor yourself and not to judge yourself because it's also, again, like we love in the privacy of our own heads to immediately cop block ourselves and be like no no i can't have that no 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 but it's just like but you're thinking about what would be peaceful and satisfying to you you're not doing anything yet like just let it happen and the moment you visualize that that's when you are basically for your type calling and something to respond to because it will always be external and i remember i've asked you about example because i always do this i always ask for examples because if i just talk about it people are like Meh, and i'm like no 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 no. there's examples you have evidence right so when you do this, you look at, okay, well, you're basically get, then getting ready to, for something to respond to. And something will come into your life that has to do with this thing. And that's when you have two responses as a generator, one's in your head and one's in your gut. Mm. Right? Yes. And it's most of the time the one in your head that you'll make the decisions of. And that's usually when you meet resistance because now you're making pros and cons lists. Now you're logify, making rational decisions, which is great. Like logic has its place and logic is very important. But when it comes to our own fulfillment, logic seldomly leads us to the most fulfilling path. Yeah, because the way I see it with logic, like you said really well, that with logic is almost like it's leveraging your your defense mechanism right it's all about protecting you all about keeping you safe and acting on learned behavior a lot of the times that's exactly what it is something that i like doing is i always like adopting even if it is spiritual modalities such as human design i like adopting them when i can also explain them to some part with psychology and or biochemical responses right and in this case, based on the work that I have done, having studied NLP extensively, I can see how our beliefs, NLP being neurolinguistic programming, I can see how the beliefs that we have created around ourselves, and you can see this in the chart where some of these beliefs might originate, right? But how these beliefs are shaping our actions, how these beliefs are shaping the reality that we're seeing around ourselves. So take, for instance, when you have a very frustrated generator who's only pushing and pushing and pushing, their response to that frustration will very likely, based on how society has conditioned us, always be more work. Mm. Right? And so you have a you have like so many generator types that are just completely burned out because they're just like, well, yesterday I was so fired up and yesterday I was so excited and yesterday I could find so much energy to do something, but they haven't done anything to refuel themselves. Right? They haven't done anything to bring that excitement back. And so they respond to that frustration that they're innately feeling, that that theme, that emotional theme that shows them that they're a little bit out of alignment with more work, right? And then you keep doing this and your body gives in at some point. And now imagine you know this, right? Like when you're armed with that information, it's just like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah, and exactly. You can try it out and see, oh, wow, all of a sudden it makes sense. All of a sudden you're like, 
you know what, there's more to it. <laughs> let's let's keep reinforcing the things that work and not reinforce the ones that don't work and keep pushing ourselves, like you said, to the burnout point if you are the type to burn out. I really like that. And if I were to look back at how you explained human design and the types, I really like the one point you touched on is that just because you're one time doesn't mean you cannot do things a different way and that you haven't done things a different way mm-hmm. because we're all everything. And I love that message and I resonate with that. And I could also imagine from your experience, maybe you can tell us a bit more how conditioning and culture and environment has shaped people in something they're not and how hard it is for certain people to come out of whatever they were conditioned in to truly be themselves. Because I would imagine some people you work with are harder, not necessarily to convince, but to allow them to give themselves permission to to feel that there's something more than just what they were conditioned. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, and I absolutely love this. So let me see that I can get them in order right now, the questions. Well, I might be too many questions, right? We can do just one. Sorry, sometimes I, my, my brain gets in the way and I was like, okay, let me, no, you know, I love let me it. get my full thoughts. But I'm no, sorry, go ahead, Adina. No, no, I love it. And I'm here for it. And again, it works perfectly with your design, right? You have this kind of design that does ask these questions and that innately wants to go and find the quickest solution to what it is, right? You're living your design, whether you want to or not. <laughs> yes. It's like, that's that's what I love about it. It's just like, we're not telling you anything that you don't know, right? No, right? Um, you, you may know it, but you're not believing it because, you know, your brain gets in the way, your mind gets in the way, your ego, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Ego is a, is a term that I use fairly frequently as well, because it's something that even people who aren't familiar with like belief work and psychology and all of these things, like it's something that we can all relate to. So how are people conditioned with culture and, and how, how does that kind of relate to in, I'm going to do a very high level example. And obviously like always bearing in mind that there are exceptions and that there are nuances to these things, right? But the majority of how society has brought us up is that you do the hard work and you reap the results, right? Like you reap the rewards. But if you think about it, there are very many hardworking people out there who are not reaping the quote unquote results that are being advertised. And if we look at how capitalism and marketing has worked so far, like you can look at any ad that is out there at the moment, it's always just like, here's what you don't have. But if you have this thing, you'll be a better person. You'll be happier. You'll be, but yeah. that's like, that's how ultimately like the, the general marketing works, right? Again, not every marketing is like this. Again, bear in mind that there are exceptions, but it's very often like, oh, are you feeling down here? Have this pill, have this holiday, have this thing. Oh, you need more leads. Here's this course that we can do. Oh, do you not know what your purpose is? Well, guess what? Here's this program, right? Do you see what I'm saying? It's just like, it's always like, here's what you're not being here's what you're lacking and here's the missing puzzle piece right so i'm being very sinister with how i put it out obviously it's not always this sinister and people aren't going out there to hurt you but i mean like there are very big companies that are studying the psychology of how we work i mean if you look at mcdonald's the the food that you are seeing on screen is designed to make you hungry right like there are literal people out there who are looking at How can we get people to buy this, right? Everything is engineered to make you buy more, right? Whether whether some of it is ethical or not is beside the question, but there's this, right? And so you have this whole culture and this whole society that is telling you indirectly already, you're not enough unless you have this thing. 
you're you're not good looking unless you buy this thing you're worth it. So go and buy this, this beauty product, right? Like, do you see? And so this whole, like already indirectly, you're being told that you, as you are, you're not good enough. So you have to buy more, right? Then you have the quote unquote problem of how you then being brought up, right? Parents, teachers, government bosses, and you're sort of being from, from school already, School school system is a whole conversation that comes like there's a there's a thorn in my eye. I would love to change the entire school system if I could, because what of the current school system are you actually using? Right. You are you are being taught to be the most productive person so that they can place you into a job where you can perform well. But none of it is actually teaching you how do you make decisions for yourself? How can you actually solve problems really, really well? Like you're taught to, how do you retain information and how can we teach you that that information is good enough for us? Yeah, exactly. And how right? to get caught in the wheel, essentially, almost, right? Exactly, right? And so there are all of these components. Again, they're not like, no one out there is like, there's no evil mastermind, no evil Knievel is sitting there. It's just like, oh, you know, how can I dominate the world? It's like no one's sitting there, but ultimately it's kind of become a little bit this way. And then... There's this whole system of like, well, you're the master of your own destiny, but also you're not good enough as you are unless you buy this thing. And it's just like you have these like clashing thoughts, so many societal conditioning. And so the way that human design then comes in, it's looking at things and it's looking at, okay, well, take all of this conditioning to the side because first of all, you can't change how the world is working right now, right? So let's look at what you can control. And that is ourselves, right? Because in in a world like how, how do we get change, right? How can we how can we fulfill our purpose? How do we know what our purpose? Ultimately, that's like the the old adage. What's the meaning of life? And it's just like, well, it depends on who you are asking, right? It, it really does. It's like, for some people, it's this. For some people, it's that. It's just like again, there's like if there was one answer, we'd not be asking ourselves that question. And so. Again, then human design looks at these things and it's just like, forget everyone else for a moment. If you want to enact change, the only tangible control you have is over yourself. And so how do you start controlling yourself is by knowing thyself, right? So how do you start knowing yourself is by understanding how you work. And then you start looking and you start seeing and it's just like, okay, well, while other people might be, so I'm going to take myself as an example, because you asked this earlier, how does being a projector, like why is being a projector this thing where you can't do this thing, right? So projectors are one of the newest types in the entire human design system. And projectors at the moment are the only types that need something external, that need external invitations or recognition to get energy to go into motion just accept that as it is right now because i would have to explain how energy works in human design and that's like that's a very long conversation to have but in order for us to to go up and get going and actually enact change so that people can hear it we need to be invited and recognized not all the time right but whenever it comes to guiding other people and empowering other people we kind of need this and so if we look at it i was in this mastermind and i was in this mentorship to grow my business and attract more leads and like, like grow in sales and have more impact. Right. And 
what it is that we've learned in a nutshell, again, the information of how, how you grow your business and how you get more leads and more sales is ultimately is the same everywhere. It's just like you have something to offer, you go and share it with people and you like you make some sales, right? But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy because that's exactly what I did. I was commenting, I was DMing, I was doing all of these things. So that strategy was very much like DM people, build conversations, everyone who likes and comments like that was ultimately the strategy. There's nothing wrong with that strategy, by the way. I'm not poo-pooing it, but it felt very gross. It felt very stagnant to me. It felt so hard for me to go out there like I felt so drained and I didn't know why I'm just like all I'm doing is messaging people why do I feel drained and also on top of that why are people getting pissed off with me because I messaged them a friendly message I wasn't selling at that point I was trying to build relationships and network right and I'm like why are people getting pissed off with me and the reason for that is is because as a projector I wasn't recognized and invited to guide and give my opinion and share something that was helpful right so most of the time we've been taught if you have constructive feedback you just tell people right it's just that constructive feedback is a good thing so I've been told to do that give them a tip for free they'll love it uh -uh. if you're a projector and you give people a tip and you haven't been asked about it you will be met with every like with that low emotional theme that whatever the type is you will be met with it. And I didn't understand it. I'm just like, why are people angry with me? Are people frustrated with me? Why are people disappointed in me? Right. And I just didn't get it. And then when I read about it, I'm just like, oh, I haven't been recognized and invited to give my opinion. And that was such a hard lesson to learn because I'm just like, but I have all of these things and projectors, if you are a projector, it's it's so frustrating because you know it. It's just like there's like this perpetual I told you so. Like there's this running meme that we that we have in like a projector community. It's just like we're just checking if people are still ignoring our advice. Cause when like without having like a messiah complex, of course, like I make fun of it because I think fun and comedy adds so much nuance to it. Absolutely. But it's this whole thing of they won't hear you if you're a projector if you're not recognized and invited whereas your type for instance is responding of the other person and could give constructive feedback might have a little bit of resistance but again because you're constantly responding you're responding in the moment so you have this beautiful game of tennis whereas we as projectors we we can't respond we need to be recognized first that we have wisdom to give right and so this is like when you start understanding that and when you start knowing, oh, well, this is my type. This is how I'm meant to move through life, right? You start understanding, okay, I don't even have to try this. I can try a different, I can try a different avenue, right? So that when it comes to finding your purpose, rather than reading a ton of books, for instance, or rather than like, let's say you're, you have a four in your profile, which let me check if you have. You do not have a four in your profile. But if you had a four in your profile, right, you do very well with in-person events. You do very well with in-person events and it is very, very beneficial for you to network, right? Whereas some of the other profiles, they also benefit from that, but they might need a little bit more alone time or they might actually benefit from more online opportunities, right? So I hope that that kind of answers the question. Yeah, so, that, so I would want to circle back on one point you brought up. It's like, you may find resistance into how you're doing things with self-anxiety, selling you to do things because you're not necessarily designed the way. And if you were to go a different path, things might become easier and might become more centered and more fulfilling in a way, right? Like on a, on a soul level, like you, you feel like, okay, that's the right thing to do. 
But I think why it kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, just because that's you know the way you should be doing things, it doesn't pigeonhole you, and this is the only way you can get things done. You can pick and not pick and choose, but you can you can take strategies from other types and maybe use those if they work for you or in your environment. But at the end of the day, it's like at least knowing how you're supposed to work essentially can put you on that path where you can truly understand yourself, like you said earlier, right? Understand what makes you work and how you can at least be aware of like the, the feelings you had, right? Like, why is this not working? Why am I feeling so drained on the inside? Because I think that's, that was the biggest aha moment for me as well. Like realizing some of those parts were like, oh, this makes sense as to why I feel a certain way. And you're talking about the numbers. I know we haven't gotten into that, but that, that represents the gates, if I'm not mistaken, right? The gates that are open within the chart, the numbers you were talking about, a four what, or is it a type? No, that's the profile. Oh, the profile. My apologies. Yes. That's fine. But one of, so one of the things I did when, and I'll ask you just briefly to, to explain it to the audience for those that don't know, but when I did a bit of digging into this, right, so you get your chart, and again, we'll have some on the screen for the audience to see, you'll see different numbers within the chakras, within the energy sources there and whatnot, and then those numbers represent gates, if I'm not mistaken, right, the 64 gates, or am I, am I completely off? You mean, oh, you mean from the profile? You mean in the body graph itself? In the body graph itself, oh, yeah. right? We have yeah. the numbers in the, yeah. And I, I went and I looked at every single number that was lit up for me. And then I also read the numbers or the description of the numbers that weren't lit up. And to me, it was such a big eye-opening thing because I would resonate with all the numbers that would lit. And then I said, okay, you know what? Let me look at the other ones because if I resonate with those, then this is, this is not true. And I look at the others, I'm like, okay, I don't resonate with that. I don't resonate with that. I don't resonate with that. And it, it was eye-opening in that sense, right? Because like the, the, the more you dig into it, the more accurate it can become if you truly look at yourself, right? You, you, you leave the conditioning, you leave the, the everything, you know, you like the learned behaviors to the side, like you explained earlier, and then just to dig a bit deeper to see how you are. Now, what's the ultimate goal here? Like, of course, is it to find your purpose? Is it to live more within your purpose? What would you say, like, when someone comes to you and works with you, what's what's the goal for most people? The goal is more ease, right? How do you become more of yourself in the way that's the most satisfying, peaceful, the most, like, ultimately, all of the signatures that you're feeling, it's just like, what's the ultimate goal? It's just like, everyone wants... Like, I, I know that I make a blanket statement, but do you know anyone who says, no, I'm fine struggling. I'm I'm okay being frustrated all the time. Like, no one says that, right? Like, I'm going to put my hand in the fire here. If someone does say that, I mean, please tell me because I'm, I want to know more and I'm very curious to have this conversation. A little bit of struggle is cool, but most of us are working towards having an easeful life. Why else are we saving? Why else are we doing the work that we're doing, right? It's like ease, pleasure adventure all of these beautiful things and so that's kind of like the ultimate goal for my particular role I use that human design to bring scalability into a business right so when I work with businesses and entrepreneurs I look at things it's just like okay well here's how you've scaled your business so far I'm like but you're drained and you cannot find any more time to do this thing. I'm just like, okay, well, let's use your design to actually scale in a way that works for you because there's so many people who are even working for themselves who found their purpose, but who now resent their purpose, right? If there are generators or manifesting generators because they're just like, I I used to love what it is that I'm doing, but because they've worked out of alignment, like a man, they just went out and did things, right? Because that's what the industry tells us to do. 
they started feeling resentful for it because they're no longer satisfied with it because they're just drained, right? So how do we reignite that satisfaction and peace? How do we create a business that actually, or, or scale the business and therefore scale the revenue to actually bring people the money that they want, to bring people the satisfaction that they want? Because the more empowered we are as a, as a human being, the more other people will give themselves permission to empower themselves. And if yes. we had a world, right, if we had a world of empowered people, we don't have the problems that we have right now in this day and age. So that's, that's that. And as far as like gates and profiles are concerned, so like that's like the stuff that you looked into is very, very advanced human design. So you basically you have like two lines. So you see that on the right, I don't know if I'm mirrored or not right now. So on the right side of your chart, you'll see like black lines with lots of symbols. And on the left side, you'll see red lines with lots of symbols. And basically your design is calculated from the day you were born with up to 80 to 88 days, I think, don't quote me on that, before you are born, right? And so we have something called a conscious and a subconscious side. Red is the thing that you're less conscious of, the unconscious side, and the black stuff is your personality. That's the thing that you are more conscious of. So it's very likely that the things that, especially the further up you are in your chart, that you feel you resonate a little bit more, and the things that are black as well, that you resonate a little bit more with, because those are the energies that you're aware of. But it also depends on what shapes they're then connected to how they're connected to what planets they're connected to right so it, they're so deep he gets it's, it's so deep and that's why i love it so much again just because one person's like design with the gates might be similar if they're slightly different connected and if they're just on the mirror side it expresses itself very differently for each person and then it also depends what environment did they grow up and what do they believe is true about themselves in the world right like what conditioning are they under right so there's it i love that it is so complex and i also hate that it is so complex because it just takes so long to grasp but I love that it is so complex because it really shows it's not just like your sun horoscope in, I don't know, the daily mirror or whatever, where you just like, you, you will have faith. Like it doesn't tell you, it doesn't, it's not here to predict the future. It's not here to predict what color you like best or whether or not you'll be married or whether or not you'll make lots of money. What it says is everyone has the capacity to achieve what they want. So how do you navigate towards that and i think that's what makes it so powerful and to me to, for me to put it in simpler words for myself it's almost like everything else in life you have to put the work in to get the outcome you want and if it would be simple then it wouldn't be much work involved and then it would be like then a bunch of people will have the same results again or not results but the same ways of doing things and we know that's not true because you give the examples and i see it all the time with people i work with in the tech world but also in my personal life it's like you keep saying, oh, do these three things and then you're going to be happy. Or do these three things, you're going to make money. And they may work for one or two people. They may work for a small percentage, but we know it doesn't work for everyone. And it's not because necessarily, like you said earlier, the tools are fake or they're you not know, just lying to you or false advertising. It's because maybe they work for the person because they were the right type, but now it doesn't apply to everyone else. So another thing I wanted to confirm with you, and that's something that you know, I kind of, I, I, I see the more we talk about this is that you don't necessarily have to go that deep to really see value in in understanding a bit more about, like you said, your type, your strategy, and so on. Because even in, in 
at the surface level, you get enough to be able to make you maybe make some small decisions in your life to see if you can get to better outcomes. And better outcome could be, you know, a better feeling about yourself, right? It could be as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you look at it and ultimately, again, if we look at just type strategy and authority, right? If you remember, if, if you don't, it's not an issue at all. Your strategy is how, as a type, is how you're designed to best and most effortlessly move through life. And Denise Duffield Thomas, someone who I love following, she always says it's called effortless, not effort none, right? Ah, yes. Right? Like, because ultimately, struggle creates meaning. That doesn't mean that we have to like constantly struggle, right? But a little bit of resistance is important for us to understand what am I actually fighting for? And is this fight actually something that I want to engage in? Or is this for like, not for me? And do I do something else, right? And so your strategy being how you're best designed to move through life most effortlessly and your authority being the internal decision-making tool of, okay, well, when do I make a decision, right? Or do I make a decision in the moment? Or do I need to talk things out and hear myself? Is it willpower that gives me my decision-making? And so, yes, if you, quote unquote, were just to use your strategy and authority, a lot of things will fall into place for you because you automatically engage in the things that you will fall into, right? So if you look at your design and you see the first two symbols, so there's a circle with a dot on each side, one on the red and one on the black, and then there is a circle with a cross. So the circle with the dot is the sun, the circle with the cross is the earth. So this is where the astrology part comes in. And then each of the gates, that's what we would, that's what makes up your incarnation cross, which is also, which is essentially what you're here for. That's like Karen Curry Parker says, that's like the storyline, the mythos behind who you are as a person, right? So was that character and the role that you're playing? That's like the the whole storyline, the mythos behind it. And so if you think about it that way, in a very loose sense, that's what you would potentially consider your purpose, right? Your son, what you're here to put out into the world and the earth is how you ground yourself into that so that you can put it out into the world. But that will automatically align if you correctly respond to, let's say you are a, what we call a sacral generator, which are you, you are a, you are an emotional, uh, which we can very quickly go into, I guess. So that's an authority. So half the world population are emotional. We're not here to be like, I'm emotional as well. We're not here to be spontaneous. Like we're here to wait out our emotional wave. And then figure out, okay, well, now is the time to make decisions, right? Imagine imagine you just know that part with your strategy and authority. So rather than being spontaneous and being like, yes, I'll agree to come to that party. Or yes, I'll agree to move. Or yes, I'll agree to take this new job. You're just like, okay, well, let me sleep on it for 24 hours to wait out whether I still feel a yes in my high, whether I feel a yes in my neutral, whether I feel less when I'm sad right? Because everyone who has an emotional authority, like we know, we've agreed to some stuff when we felt emotionally high. And then an hour or two later, we're like, oh God, what have I just done? And that's a part that resonated with a lot when I, when you explained to me last time and I was sitting on myself and I'm like, well, let me explain some other things because I'll mm-hmm. make decision big in the moment because I am impulsive, yep. be it because yep. of learned behaviors or because of my nature. And then I'll be like, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then things just felt a little bit more like 
sometimes they can feel stagnant because of it or sometimes you'll meet different resistance and obstacles when actually had you waited like your emotional authority then tells you when to make a decision had you waited a little bit other components would have fallen into place or something else would have presented itself that would have been a little bit more in line with what you're actually here to be yeah, doing exactly. and what feels most satisfying and peaceful and i think one thing that i read and maybe just to add more context to the audience is this cycle right the, the ups and downs and allowing it to get to a point where we feel comfortable with a decision mm-hmm. a it's not the same for everyone right the cycle could be longer or shorter for people and b it doesn't have it doesn't necessarily give you like an 100 percent yes or no right it's like it gets you to a certain point like an 80 percent and that's usually good enough am i Am I for emotional, like yes, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For emotional, if if in your keynotes, if you're listening to this, if in your keynotes it says you have an emotional authority, again, half the world population have this, you're never going to be 100% certain. Like Just like you said, if you get to 80%, that's, that's a yes, right? Because emotions aren't logical. Emotions aren't like this or nothing. Emotions are very fluid. Yeah, so Thomas, would you record that to essentially if you're emotional, like, you know, you have to listen to your gut feeling, you have to listen to your intuition. It's almost like it comes to you in a non-verbal way, of course. And you just feel it's right or you feel it's wrong. I love that you bring that up. It's like, I love, I love to, because again, not everyone has a gut feeling. I don't have a gut feeling. Only generated types can have a gut feeling. Which is, right? So when you start noticing it, it's just like, everyone's just like, oh, just listen to your gut. And I'm like, I remember for the longest time, I'm just like, I never feel what they talk about, but I guess this thing that I am feeling is this thing, but it never felt like that. And people were saying like, what is your gut telling you to do? And I'm, like, for me, I my, what I would call secondary authority is splenic. And splenic is just like a very quick in the moment knowing. And I'm like, I guess that's my gut feeling, but now I understand it's not, right? So everyone yeah. has different authorities. So yeah, with the emotional, like I could, let's do a very quick. So emotional is you wave, wait out your wave, right? Your emotional wave is if if you are in a high, then it's very likely you say yes to everything, right? If you're in a low, it's very likely you say no to everything. If you're neutral, you're kind of neutral, right? And so you want to wave out all of these emotions to see is it yes in all three of them or not. And if it's not, you wait a little bit longer. So ideally you want to give your, like buy yourself as much time as you can. Ideally 24 hours just to feel it out. But obviously that's not always feasible for everything, especially if you just like, Hey, do you want to go out tonight? You're not going to be like, sorry, can I sleep on it? Like that's, that's how it makes sense. <laughs> like let's, let's be realistic. Right. But then you can just be like, yeah, can I get back to you in 10 minutes? Sometimes that's enough. Right. Because then we're, allowing ourselves to feel a bit then there's sacral the sacrals are what your traditional gut feelings are so you also for your particular design you also have access to sacral authority which means that you can respond in the moment which is what sacral authorities are here to do you respond with your gut in the moment that's what sacral authorities are here to do and you as a generated type naturally have access to that and then your emotional authority tells you when to act on it so if your gut in the moment says yes, but you're an emotional authority, your emotional authority can be like, yep, confirmed. Now, now is go time. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's really well, cool. It's right? funny you mentioned that because I had a couple of scenarios that come up more recently for me and I allowed myself more time to think on it. Like exactly what you said, sleep on it. Not necessarily because of 100% of human design, but the thought was in my mind and I'm like, you know what? 
let's not make rash decisions anymore because these are some bigger decisions, right? And it can dictate my path. Let's sleep on it. Let's put it off for 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever the case might be. And because in the moment, like exactly the example you gave, I had a gut feeling, I need to do this. Then I'm like, oof, you know, it's a lot of time investment, resource investment. Okay, let's wait on it. Let's sleep on it. And then again, to reiterate what you just said, it was like, I got confirmation more or less. It wasn't 100%, but it was 90%. Like it was very close to me. I'm like, okay, you know what? I still, I still have the same feeling the next day. I still feel good at moving forward with this. I'm going to act on it. I love that. And I love that you give that example because imagine what had happened if you had said yes in the moment. Well, in this one, I would wonder. So if I said yes, I would, I would doubt myself, right? Probably. But, you know, if he was, because he was, so here's, a, I guess, a good follow-up question for you. So let's say I say yes in the moment because I'm not following this emotional response way. And it works out good because it was meant for me to do that thing or it was my choice to do it, but it aligned with everything I did. But then the worst time that I say yes in the moment and don't align, right? So it's almost like a 50-50 or whatever the percentage might be. So maybe, maybe for some people, they'll be like, well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I guess the emotional, allowing the emotional roller coaster essentially to, to do its thing, you now can get that 50-50 to maybe an 80-20, right? Or like a 90-10 in, in getting the right answer all the time. Yes. And so this is where we talk about energetic. So the idea of all of this is, how can we, again, how can we move most effortlessly through the world? And that basically requires energy. In a human design, we have something called pressure centers, one's in the head and one's in the root. You don't need to know what it is. And everything's trying to make its way to the throat. And the reason why we have strategies as human design types is so that we can most effortlessly express what it is that we need to be doing, right? And so that's ultimately that just gives us like, okay, well, now is now we have access to energy, like waiting out that emotion. But Again, beautiful examples. And there's so many authorities that we have, like they're splitting, there's ego projected, there's self-projected, there's mental, like there's so much. But let's say, for instance, it would have been a no, right? Or or a 50-50 and you respond in the moment, you would have doubted yourself, right? And like you would have put a lot of mental pressure on yourself and you may have sabotaged yourself because you haven't had the right energy and whatever, right? And then what sometimes happens is if I take client examples, for instance, like you want yes. to make certain sales, if, they, if they're an emotional authority, but they also have access to the sacral, like that in the moment gut response, and they don't wait for their emotional authority, sometimes then what happens is, you know, when you send an email out of, out of a reaction and you're just like, oh shit, I wish I hadn't sent that. I wish I I had trusted the other person more, right? And so sometimes that happens and then they sabotage the opportunity altogether because now they've reacted, right? Even though it was the correct thing. Or sometimes if it was a yes, like in your scenario, and it would have been a yes later on, right? Then you've just put yourself under a lot of mental pressure that would have depleted some of your energy. Had you waited, you would have been able to build that energy with excitement. And then you would have had the necessary resources to then spring into action, right? So, it's, well, can, it's, I, can I add something to that? Because that's actually really, really nice that you just put it like that. Because let's say that example where, let's say before I would I would act from my gut because I believe something is yes or a no. But then the doubt, what the doubt would do, like I love the energy comment there because it would be in the back of my mind throughout the rest of the day, week, month, until the thing was realized because I would... Be like, who am I doing the right thing or not? And that would take my mental capacity away from doing other things, right? Even if it's just a percentage of it. But because I waited in this example, 
I never had to second guess myself. Like, I mean, I might second guess myself as this progresses and I go through it, which I think is normal, but I don't have the feeling that I used to have before where I'm like, Ooh, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, like, it's almost like I, I have, in my case, to explain, it's like I had two compasses and then one said yes, the other one wasn't working yet. And because I waited, now I'm in alignment and I, I can focus my energy better. And I like that a lot because I haven't thought of it the way, but it makes sense now when we bring it back. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great that you are able to put it into these narratives, right? Because now you've got evidence that that is actually safe for you to do, for you to wait. Because yes, again, like this is where we like look at, okay, well, how are the beliefs impacting our actions, right? Again, like you said, had you been doubting and second guessing yourself over the times until it became into fruition, the actions that would have been output into the world might have then also stopped you from adding other things and responding to other things that would have also been beneficial to this opportunity, right? Because again, when we're doubting and fearful, we we can't make decisions that are actually long-term beneficial. We always like when ultimately you know, you're not sitting there and you're just like, I'm so scared. <laughs> like, yeah, of course you're not going to yeah, sit there, right? But when we when we have fears and when we have doubts, our ego, just like you correctly said, is always trying to keep us safe. And so it will always try and focus on the thing that is the quickest way to safety. And sometimes the quickest way to safety is self-sabotage, right? It's not the best solution. It's just the quickest solution. It's what because- you know, right? It's what you know deep down and what you've learned when you're in your younger years and it's from the environment, from the conditioning, culture, exactly. parents, school, whatever, you name it. Exactly. No, absolutely. There's, uh, there's a lot here to unpack. And I mean, I could talk to you, Adina, all day long. <laughs> this is all fascinating. I but I realize we're a well bit over an hour. I do want to ask you two questions that are unrelated to this that I like to ask my guests at the end of the podcast. And it has to do with time travel. And with you specifically, I think I know the answers, but I would love to see what, what you say. And there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. Uh, so first is we go back in time 10 years and you get to meet your younger self and you can give yourself one piece of advice, anything. Oh God, there's so much. <laughs> but you only do one, right? That's I, the thing. Want, I know. I'm just like, I'm going to try. Which one do I pick? I'm going to pick the cheesiest one, but it's true for me is to not worry about what others think because that has been crippling for me personally and that's been sabotaging me personally for such a long time i a lot of my actions back in the days from 10 years ago like adina 10 years ago what was it 2013 she was doing things to prove herself to other people and so i was wow. yeah, yeah right and, and so, I, that's sorry, the thing sorry sorry but yeah like she was no. she was doing things to prove herself to other people and to prove that she was worth it and to prove that she was valuable to other people which included my purpose right so at that point I still in 2013 I was still the Adina who was just like well other people are telling me that I should be copywriting because I write well or other people should other people tell me that I'm so valuable when I manage their resources so like I didn't enjoy any of these things but I was trying to prove myself when I started all of these little business ideas and granted like I wouldn't miss any of them because it's they gave me the experience of what I know now, right? But yeah, if I if I would give that advice to 10, 10 years ago me, I would just be like, like, don't just do what do what you yeah. want to do. 
Sounds I, really I, I that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it may or may not, but I resonate with that 100% myself, right? I, 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 was, I was doing that as well. And I think that's part of conditioning, right? That's part of the things you learn as you grow up. And I would imagine a lot of the people in the audience will resonate with that. And if you're in the spot where you are, giving your power away to others, right? If you're always trying to prove it to others, just take a step back, maybe listen to some of the parts we talked about and see if you can give yourself permission to, to do the things you want to do and kind of step up for yourself, essentially. And I love that, Adina. The second part of that is we go back into the future now. So 10 years beyond this point, right? So 2033 instead, mm-hmm. you know, you see all the amazing things and all the amazing people you've helped, how your business has blossomed. But you get to have a 15-minute mentoring session with your older self. What's one piece of insight or advice that you would want to bring back with you? I've actually recently done that, that exercise. Yeah, I, love, I love doing future self-visualizations. I do them with my clients a lot as well because they're so powerful. Right. More exposure for me, right? Talking about wow. and, and sort of spreading that awareness of how can you empower yourself more? So essentially what we're already doing. So this is this is like this whole thing came out of a future self visualization that I did. It's just oh. like, what does future me do, right? Because the more people know about this, the more people know like, oh, I'm not broken. Yes. Like I'm correct. I am perfect the way that I am. Okay, well now I can do like, I can just do me and I can accept other people for who they are, right? So also judgment removes itself when we start doing that, which is beautiful. And then we start feeling bad. So that, like, again, maybe a cop-out answer, but it's like, that's it. More oh, exposure. Yeah, there is no right, right answer, right? And you answered it brilliantly because it's all about inspiring and empowering people to know that, A, they're not alone in feeling the way you described and, you know, the way they feel, not just the way you described, but also the other ways that they feel. And then there's also other people like them and there are other answers out there than just your status quo, right? Like following the mentality that you got to buy more and you got to climb the corporate ladder. Those are all great and they can work for certain people, but maybe you can find more meaning in your your work or whatever you want to do in life, right? So I really like that message because, you know, just step back, understand you're not alone, and then go from there. Yes. Now, before we conclude here, is there anything else that you want to add or anything else that we haven't touched on that you, you believe the audience would, you know, could benefit from? And I know there's a lot of things, but anything in particular that speaks to you? I think of anything, like I know that this conversation can be incredibly over, like it can be so interesting, but also overwhelming to take all of this information in just to not rush the process right like if there are some things that like i know people who don't resonate with their type whatsoever sometimes because they're heavily conditioned to act out of a different type right which is like i've seen this and then other times again let's not forget like human design isn't a dogma if if your birthday if your birth time is wrong like i've had this sometimes when it's just like the the parents thought that they were born on one like my mom does this a lot she she always mixes up my brothers and my birth time and had i not checked i would have had my brother's birth time and i would have been a manifester according to that birth time because she keeps mixing them up right like that humans make mistakes so if you don't resonate with something it's okay like it's not a dogma like take what works and leave what doesn't then you don't have to apply everything, but just like allow yourself to curiosity and playfulness, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like there's no shoulds. Like the best thing you can do is just be curious and be playful and have some fun doing it rather than being like another tick box 
of like, oh, I'm a manifestor, or I'm a generator, and I have to do this. Just like if something else works for you, great, go and do more of that. Yeah. From what I see in my personal life and in the, in the people I've worked with in my professional life, either through business or mentoring, is this idea that it needs to be rigid. It needs to be like, if it doesn't check these 10 boxes, then it's wrong. And I really like your message that that's not really the case. I mean, some things you want to be rigid with, some things may require that. And for some people, but majority of us, like, again, have an open mind, see what resonates with you. If it makes sense, do more research, apply more, talk to Adina, talk to other people that, you know, you, you, you look up to and then find the information, right? Don't depend on everyone else to give you that. Do your own research, right? Put in the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, amazing, Adina. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure talking to you. If someone wants to learn more about you or talk to you, how can they find you? They can find me hanging out a lot on Instagram. So I'll share the links. It's at Adina Kroll. Instagram is where I share a lot of like short form content that's very easily to digest when it comes to business scaling and human design. I do hang out on Facebook as well. So you can also find me under Adina Kroll or on my website where you can book anything that you want to book or just book a call and I'll create a little coupon for your audience if anyone wants to specifically for your audience if anyone wants to book a human design reading and the coupon will be called Unleash. So that that can be used for a hundred dollars off if that is what feels if that is what they respond to or what they would exactly. like. Absolutely. See if they if they want to dig deeper. Well, thank you so much, Adina. It was a pleasure. Until next time. Thank you so Goodbye. much for having me. It was wonderful. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit unleashthyself.com. Or you can find us on social media.